This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk some Utah Jazz basketball with David Locke coming up here momentarily. Of course, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll get David's feelings on uh, what's going on in Jazz World right now, but uh, they're red hot, Gordon. Six in a row. How about that? Six in a row and might have an opportunity here to, to extend that for, for a while yet. Obviously, this is one of the reasons why I'm not as interested so much in whoever it is they're playing. I want to see the way they play. But you bring up a good point about those teams that play a certain kind of defense that is disruptive and can knock the Jazz off their rhythm, then obviously that's a, a more difficult thing for the Jazz to take care of. And it's not necessarily great teams that are capable of doing that. Uh, we talked earlier about Minnesota. And we talked about who else was it, the Knicks? Uh, yeah, and the Suns. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there, are four, so. there are four losses, right, to the, the Knicks, Nets, Suns, and T-Wolves. So uh, the, Nets the, the, the Nets was, game was, was different. Just, yeah. I mean, they just couldn't guard Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and the game was over before it even began. But those other three, they faced some uh, more aggressive defense that they had trouble handling because it takes them out of the ball movement, which is so successful. Because it makes them into an ISO team, and they're just not as good as that. At do you, that. What what percentage of teams in the league do you think are capable of playing that kind of you defense? You know what? I, I don't know. Uh, Gordon, I'm not so sure. I'm surprised we haven't seen it a little bit more. But some teams just aren't built that way. Right, right. Well, I wonder if a team in a playoffs would be willing to restructure their defense in order to cause the Jazz problems. And that. Well, well I've, I think we've actually seen that happen multiple years, um, certainly with the Houston Rockets. All right, I uh, thought the Rockets played that kind of defense on a regular basis. Was it? They sure? did. No, they did, but they, they played I, I mean, adjust for the actual matchup against the Jazz. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, his weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto team. He's the one and only David Locke. What's going on, David? Hey guys. Hey, we're doing great, man. How are you? I'm super. Great day. Awesome. Uh, it's good to hear. I, uh, I'm reading between the lines there, David, and I agree with you 100%. Yeah, uh, they weren't between the lines. They were just pretty far out there. That was like bold-faced <laughs> highlighted 27 font if anybody wanted to read it. Not, <laughs> not, 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 not being subtle. <laughs> okay. All right, David, here's I'm not, where... I'm, I'm not, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's good. I'll hold that. I'll be subtle there. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's where I want to start with you. And I, uh, you know, listening to all the broadcasts, of course, um, uh, and doing pre half and post uh, and chatting with you throughout all these games, I just want to start by saying catch and shoot three. <laughs> Go. Answer. Go. Well, I mean, we're great at it. So it's what we do. They're not easy to get. Like it really, you know, it's great to say we're great at it. The uh, trying to go get them is not, is not the easiest things. And teams can probably take them away. Um, but if you give us catch and shoot, we'll kill you. Um, it's just that simple. And, you know, we are doing, we are at a historic rate right now. Um, there has not been a team in NBA history that has made, uh, 23s and three, or there's that nobody has done more than make 23s in three of their last four games. I don't know if anyone's ever in the history of the game made 23s in four of their last six. Um, and you know, if we get, if we get the looks, we're going to knock them down at a high rate. Like this is, we're not shooting some incredible percentage that makes no sense. We're shooting 
you know, going into last night, we're shooting 39.7% from three. We'll probably come down from that a little bit. We're at 40.1 right now, but we're really, if we keep getting these kind of looks, we're, we're, we're good. Like I can, over the last four years, it, and it's not like we're good for like a week, right? Like that's, I think, the thing. So if you go over the last four years on standstill threes, sta- you know, catch and shoot standstill threes, if you, over the last four years, Donovan's second best in the NBA behind Joe Harris. Boyan's 24th. Mike Conley would be in between these two somewhere. He just doesn't have enough to qualify. Boyan's 24th. Royce is 30th. Joe's 39th. Clarkson's 41st. And Yang would be like 42nd. Uh, those are the only guys who shoot for us. They're all effective field goal percentages, well over 60%. Like, we're great at that. So if we get those looks, lights out. So, David, explain to our listeners how the Jazz – best get those looks right now we're getting them best in transition you know last year we did not go into transition a lot i think we played the most half court possessions of anyone in the league um the secondary aspect of that is that we then also weren't very good in fast breaks so we were we were both you know not in fast break very often and not very efficient when we were in fast break this year we're in fast break about the same amount as league average which is a huge step forward but then the thing is we're the number one transition team in the league we're averaging about 1.5 points per possession every time we're in transition so you know you start bearing a bunch of threes in transition that's how you get there um one of the coaches in a presser the other day said that we have we score the most transition threes of anyone in the league. And I think we had five or six of those the other night. So, um, you know, we had 18 assisted threes the other night. So that's basically what a catch and shoot three is. Um, and you're going to get that first from transition and second from uh, great ball movement, penetration kick, get the blender going and then find, find the open guy. And then, you know, actually, I probably let me let me back up. Sorry, Gordon. It actually first starts with brilliant spacing. The first thing that you have to have is really, really good spacing. So, David, is that what Quinn was talking about last night after the game when he was asked about the Jazz's great shooting? And he said defense. And and Jake and I were talking about that earlier during the show. And there's a lot of different ways you can take that. But I think you just described it pretty well. So, yeah, I think that is it. That's getting us out and getting us opportunities and getting, you know, he believes in advantage basketball and getting us that advantage. Um, our offense off of uh, this was going into last night's game. I haven't updated it yet for tomorrow. Um, our offense off a of miss uh, going into last night was the sixth best offense in the NBA. Off a of make was the 21st. So, you know, that's really whether we're, we're playing, you know, so the defense is – um, creating the offense, certainly. Now, it goes both ways, frankly. Our defense off a of make is the second best in the NBA, and off a of miss is the 22nd. We're not great at getting back right now in transition. So it's also why our games are so streaky um, is, I think, part of what, you, what you're seeing there. Our offense off a of made shot is now 18th in the league, and our offense off a miss shot is now sixth in the league. So off a of miss, we're getting 1.16 points per possession, and off a of made shot, we're at 1.04. So what you just said might have to do with, or partially with my next question, but is there any connective tissue uh, between when the Jazz are bogged down offensively? Can you, you know, the Jazz bogged down offensively because of blank? I mean, is there that answer, or is it a variety of things? 
I think teams get into us physically. Um, they chart to switch us, and so we don't have open passing lanes. Uh, either they get into us physically, blow up our route, so we don't get open passing lanes, or they get into us. They start switching us, and we start over dribbling. Um, and you know, once we start over dribbling, and then we're not moving the basketball, and then everybody gets stagnant. Then that's when our offense bogs down. So what is it? That so, like last, last night, we threw like 340 passes. So that's that is us not that is about as high a level of passing as we've had all year. That's not that's us not bogged down. So when the Jazz run into a talented switching defense, they should what? Um, you know, I think you're going to have to start playing some isolation or act quickly. I mean, I still think the principle that Quinn believes in, which is, you know, you're going to you get the ball and you've got 0.5 seconds to decide whether you're going to drive, shoot, or pass. It still has to be what you're doing. Um, and then if you can drive and get into the lane, hopefully they bring help in some capacity to, to cut off that drive. And now you're able to get the, the, the drive and kick game going and get that blender moving in a way it's when we get stagnant and hold it and kind of dribble it. And then we're not able to beat our guy one-on-one we have in Conley, Donovan and Clarkson. We generally have three guys that are pretty good, um, in their ability to play, you know, one-on-one basketball and get by people now. And that's, that makes us a little different than we've been in years past. So that should help us um, be able to do that. Uh, I would say, um, you know, I, the other answer is getting transitioned to let the defense get set. But um, I can't imagine, honestly, not everybody switches and not everybody has the personnel to switch. Like you certainly don't want Steven Adams guarding Mike Conley out on the floor. But I don't know actually how you play us and don't switch. I would flip it that way. Like, I don't know what defense you can do to us and not switch. Um, unless you're just going to get crazy physical into our guys and just be, like, overplaying everything. But the minute Mike Conley comes off a pick, if you're not helping out, he's into the paint. Now he's broken the paint. So last night, New Orleans was like, okay, we're not going to let Mike Conley bring the, break the paint. So then they bring Steven Adams hedging over and cutting off his lane. Well, then you've got to take somebody to the Rudy roll. Or else Rudy dunks. Well, they brought someone to the Rudy roll. Mike Conley just found the open three-point shooter every time. So, um, you know, and if you don't want to do that, then you can just drop the big. Um, but that's where Mike Conley just dribbles behind the pick and shoots a three. And the drop big is probably the best answer. It's kind of the defense everybody in the league plays. So now Mike Conley's driving, the big's dropping with Rudy, and, and you hug to our three-point shooters. I think that's, that's probably the other answer on how you deal with us is, is, you're, doing, is you're, you're playing in that manner. Um, and that's why it's the best defense in the NBA. But, I mean, you, I just would have to imagine someone's, people are going to start hugging to our shooters because you can't let us get 45% of our shots at threes. So, David, you've brought something up with Tim and I a couple times uh, when we've we've been doing crosstalk that Rudy and Mike Conley are the best pick-and-roll defenders in the league. Now, I was kind of trying to think of that a little bit critically, maybe beneath the surface a little bit. And uh, you know what? I've heard, also heard you say that Rudy Gobert himself is the best pick-and-roll defender in the NBA, which is a concept I entirely buy into. So what does Mike bring into the table in this defensive duo? So this year, Mike's been been picking up a little higher and just having a better impact on the ball, um, and maybe is beginning to understand how to use Rudy better uh, defensively. We've talked all about offensively, but you know, I asked him about this. Really took the moment to give a particular amount of credit to uh, Mike and the way Mike's evolved 
as a player defensively in these matchups in one of our coaches shows recently. Um, and, and he really, you know, he, that's what he basically um, talked about was, Hey, Rudy's unbelievable, but you know, Mike's doing an incredible job of getting up on the ball and defending and impacting the routes and, and, and doing all of those kind of things. Um, so I think that's, you know, I, I think that's what Mike's doing of the, um, let's see the, the Rudy was like the best in the league by a mile recently. He's still the best in the league. It's not by a mile anymore. Um, there's some other players that are close, but I mean, for the magnitude of, Compared to the next guy, Rudy's almost point one points better than the next big who's in pick and roll a lot in the NBA. Um, in fact, he's exactly he's point one points better than like anyone who's in a lot of pick and rolls. Uh, JaVel McGee in Cleveland, to his credit, has been pretty good and would be close. But Rudy's not just the best pick and roll defender in the league right now. He's like by far the best pick and roll defender, and it just leaves teams, you know it leaves teams with a lot of problems because they, they actually don't want, like it, it's, you don't want to run pick and roll against us because of the fact that you have to deal with Rudy. And when you have to do, you, you don't want to bring Rudy into a defensive play. So, um, you know, in that sense, you just have a lot of people that are now suddenly don't have their primary offensive play that they, that they usually want to run. David, earlier in the show, Jake and I were talking about the, the vibe we get from Rudy Gobert now, and I I called it. He seems to be at ease. And Jake, what did what word did you use? Open minded. Open minded. Are, are, are we imagining this, or is it the fact that Rudy had his contract taken care of, and now he's concentrating on what he can do to help his team win, and not worried about himself so much? Or are we imagining this? I mean, I think he's playing incredibly hard. Best example, and I think he's growing up. So, uh, I think the like the bit of the night last night for him was he argue, starts to argue that call, realizes the play is still going on, he's got to stop arguing, and then is athletic enough to fall back and block the shot. Like that was truly something else. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I, I think he's trying to, he's doing what Rudy does, like. Um, I think he's trying to get better. I mean, there have been plenty of little interactions on the floor where he and various guys have griped at each other. I've seen them. They're, that's no different than he's ever been because he's just so committed and fired up during a game. So, you know, is he different or are we making that up? I don't know the answer to that. Um, if he has a different feeling about where he is as a player and established or whether just going through the trauma that he went through with COVID has, has changed who he is as a personality, I, I can't imagine you come out of that the same. Um, I'd have to assume you come out of it a little different. David, I'm going to hit you uh, with a, a question that Gordon blindsided Coach Chiesa with the other day. Um, who are you? How t- is my man Gordy? Um, I miss seeing Gordy. Oh man, Coach is great. He's he's nails as always. Um, but give us your give us your top five players in the NBA right now. Not necessarily in order. Just give me give me a, give me the five. Um, it's more fun if I try to do an order. Sure. Isn't it? Yeah, go in order. That's fine. Um, can I go Jokic one? Wow, I didn't see that coming, but sure. So I go LeBron one. Might go Jokic two. Playing like as they're playing right now, or like who I just think are the best players in the league. I would just say who you think are the best players in the league, but but feel free to interpret how you would like. Um, 
Okay, so LeBron, Jokic. Wait, David, you broke up on us a little bit. Uh, you went uh, you went LeBron one, Jokic two. Where'd you go from there? Giannis, number three, okay. but I'm very concerned about him as a playoff player and watching him just not be able to make plays in the final five minutes is hard. Um, Durant at four. Paul George has been the fifth best player in the league, frankly, um, recently. He's been really quite exceptional. Um, Joel Embiid has been pretty exceptional. Who am I missing? Anthony Davis, probably. Yeah, Coach had Anthony Davis in his top five. Yeah, I mean, those two Lakers are pretty good. I had, so I, think Jake that, had Kawhi. I still had Kawhi in mine. Paul George has been better than Kawhi so far this year, so and that's kind of why – that's when I asked – that was what I was thinking as I asked that question of, like, are we talking about how they've played this year? Are we talking about, like, who they are as players and that I'm going to, like, rest my chances on for the future? I think – um, then, yeah, Kawhi's track record is better than Paul George's. Um, you know, I'll never convince anyone of this, but, um, you know, we all those players, dominant offensive players, there's no bigger, more dominant defense player in the game right now. And his team is 10-4, and four, so, you know, no one else would put him in that conversation, but I... I, I don't think it's a – there are limitations to what Rudy can do offensively, and I fully understand that. But there's – I just don't think that there's a player in the league that impacts the game um, at the same rate that Rudy – you know, Rudy's impact both offensively and defensively on the game is at par with anybody we just talked about. So this – we talked with you a, a few weeks ago, David, about – I think it was you. I'm sorry if I'm getting it mixed up, but we were talking about the Jazz's need to be in the top 10 in both defensive rating and offensive rating. I think the Lakers were in the top five in both. Well, the Jazz are in the top 10 now in both defensive rating and offensive rating, eight and sixth. Um, are they a better offensive team or better defensive team if you had to pick only one? They're a better defensive team. I think their lack of free-throw shooting is going to make it hard for them to stay in the top ten offensively. But on the other end, nobody in the history of the league has shot this rate of three-point shots and not been a top ten offense. Um, there's only been five teams in the history of the NBA that have taken 40% of their shots as threes, and we're taking, I think, 42 or 43% of our shots as threes. So this has only been done by – five teams in the history of the NBA, they um, finished the years, those years they finished rank in their ranking offensively. Um, number one, number one, number two, number two, and number seven. None of them ever shot better than 37% from three, and we're shooting 41% from three right now. So now we're also, you know, shooting 41% from three with that amount of threes taking. And we're, what are we ranked offensively right now? Eight. Um, so if that cools down and we continue to take as few free throws as we do, I would say um, we probably fall out of the top 10 offensively. So we're a better defensive team. So aren't those two things linked, David? If you're shooting a lot of three-point shots, then you're less likely to get fouled, right? I mean, that's that's a trade-off you make. Mm. It depends on your personnel. Houston, obviously, because of James Harden, did not do that. And Dallas last year shot 42% of their shots as threes, and I think they're about 13th or 14th in the league in free throw shooting, hmm. maybe because of Luka. 
So it has a little bit to do with your personnel, but no, those two are not linked at all. Well, David, we appreciate you jumping on as always, man. Thank you. See you tomorrow night. Let me, uh, I, Gordon. Yes. I might need to slightly revise that last comment. Um, I don't think they're linked. Um, I could do some more research on it, but my instinct is that they, it's you know it's there's another sixty percent of those possessions, um, and so that they're probably not linked. But just making a quick scan of the teams this year that are shooting the most three, the Jazz are 29th in the league in free throw rate. Toronto is 12th in the league in free throw rate. Portland is 10th. So really it's actually only the Jazz at this point. Oklahoma City is 24th and Phoenix, those are the top five. I always like to look at the top six because that's been uh, 20%. Uh, Phoenix in free throw rate is 18th. And Miami is the last one on this list, and they are um, they're the third biggest free throw rate team. So I would say their quick statistical rate right there is that there is no correlation to being a high three-point percentage team being a low free throw rate team. Our personnel yields that. Hmm. Well, David, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Okay, I will talk to you soon. I had all sorts of geeky great notes for Gordon, but I'll have to hold them for another week. All right, buddy. Oh, I I love that stuff, man. Keep it coming. Here's your here's your deep thought of the night. You ready, Gordon? Yeah. Does the opposing team get more shots in the rim after you miss a two point shot or a three point shot? <laughs> right. So I the would... first action is a miss two or a miss three, mm-hmm. and the next action is the opponent's shot. Is it more likely that they get to the rim? Off a missed two or off a missed three? I was going to say off a missed two, but then there's all kinds of spacing that might be created off a missed three that might open some drive lanes straight to the rim. Which one is it? It's a dramatically higher rate if you miss a two. But the opponent is likely to end up at the rim. They shoot 35% of their shots in the restricted area off a missed two against the Jazz, and off a missed three, they take 25% of their shots in the restricted area. Mm. Floor spaced better. On a missed three, you have the floor spaced better. You can get back and build a wall defensively. On a missed two, you probably have two or three guys at the rim. Mm. Or inside. There you go. David, go ahead. Yeah? I was just going to say I'm glad you're having a good day. You know, glad you're having a good day. I am. Thanks, David. Hopefully we all have a good four years. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I won't get you in any more trouble by asking you political questions. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on with us. David Locke making his weekly appearance brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. uh, Sounds various clips coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.